Hello, everybody. Good, mo- uh, good morning, evening, or wherever you're listening to it. This is Mark Kumar. If this is the first time you're tuning into my podcast, my name is Mark Kumar. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur. And in every episode, I bring on somebody who is an expert in the industry. And today, I have the pleasure of talking to Richard, who is the founder, the owner of a pushbuttonpodcast.com. And we're going to be deep diving into that particular platform that you guys who are into the podcasting industry, how you can use that particular tool to streamline your business. But before we get to that, Richard, please take your time to introduce yourself to my audience. Tell me a little bit about yourself and we can start the conversation from there. Awesome. Well, my name is uh, Richard Matthews. I am a uh, father of four young children. I've got a um, 10, six, three, and one-year-old that travel with me and my wife full-time in an RV. We're actually in an RV right now. This is my uh, my little fake studio I set up in here. This isn't actually a wood wall. There you go. Make there. We'll <laughs> show off our, uh, our fake studio we got going on in here. And uh, we've been traveling the country for two and a half years. I've been growing my business um, on the road for that amount of time. And I've been uh, um, in the business world since I was 13. Um, so I've been doing that for a long, long time. And, uh, let's see, we like, been traveling for two and a half years and I've got a team now of, uh, three people and growing, um, for, for our company. And, uh, um, you know, that's basically me. We, uh, we, I hang out with my kids, travel and run a business. Oh my God. I think everybody, including myself who will listen to this, they'd be jealous. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like the life that everybody wants to have. Just live on the wheel and go anywhere you want. And I'm yeah. really glad to know that you got you are really doing that. It's amazing. So how did you actually got into this the whole online business or RV business where you could just literally take your RV and go anywhere and then your business is online pretty much? Well, um, the the answer is really long and it goes all the way back to um, I was I don't I can't remember I was nine, ten or eleven years old. My dad came home one day with the copy of the uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad book. Um, and he put that in my hand. He's like, I think you'd enjoy this book. And, um, over the next week I read the book cover to cover probably five times, um, and was sort of obsessed. And, uh, over the next 10 years, I became the weird kid on campus, right? I was the, uh, you know, in middle school, I managed to convince my parents that instead of dropping me off at, uh, at the uh, Boys and Girls Club after school that they should instead drop me off at Barnes and Noble. And I would go into the business section and read all the books I couldn't afford to buy um, because, you know, I was 13 and, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have any money of my own. And by the time I was um, a freshman in high school, I uh, convinced my dad to give me a $50 loan so I could go out and buy candy wholesale at the uh, local big box store. And I was bringing it to school. Um, And, you know, like the proverbial guy in New York, you know, showing them my wares. I was, you know, selling out of my backpack, but I was selling candy, Um, made a couple, you know, made a thousand bucks or so uh, in, uh, in revenue. Um, from that before the, uh, the powers that be, right? The, uh, the, the authorities shut me down because apparently you have to have a business license in order to sell food on campus and they won't give a business license to a 13 year old boy. Um, so I tell people now that I had my first government shutdown at 13. Um, but <laughs> I've been sort of, uh, in the business world ever since and, um, spent a lot of my time trying to figure out how to build a business that let me have some very specific things. And over the course of time, I wasn't always capable of really articulating it this way. But over the last couple of years, I really, I know exactly what I've been trying to build for a long, long time. And um, my, my business name that I use for like 
my legal business name is called Five Freedoms. And the five freedoms that I talk about are uh, spiritual freedom, which is um, you know, having a relationship with, uh, with your Lord and Savior, political freedom, which we enjoy here in the United States, where you can, you know, you can do and say whatever you'd like within, you know, reason, basically. Um, and then the, so most people are familiar with those two. And then the ones, um, and then there's financial freedom. A lot of people are familiar with that. That's, you know, not having your choices constrained by finances. And then the last two ones that I think most people miss are time freedom and location freedom, right? And time freedom, meaning that you can choose to do with your time what you want right? Without constraints from other things like work or commitments um, and location freedom, meaning that you can choose where you are at any given time. And um, most people assume that financial freedom is required before you can have time freedom and location freedom. And that's incorrect. Um, and something that I've learned over the years that actually it doesn't take a lot of financial uh, you know, ability in order to have location freedom and time freedom, especially in today's world with access technology and stuff that we have. Um, so over the course of the last five or six years, I put a lot of effort into figuring out what types of businesses and what types of things that I was good at and that I could help and serve and provide to the market that allowed me to work from anywhere and um, also work from with not a lot of time involved, right? Where I could put in a little bit of effort and leverage that either with employees or with systems or with automation that allowed me to uh, to have more of my time freedom available as well so I could we could travel like that and a couple of years ago my wife and I um, a lot of things just sort of lined up allowed us to uh, move into an RV take our business on the road and since that point in time um, we have traveled 26 states uh, done a little over 20,000 miles um, had a baby on the road uh, quadrupled my business both in revenue and in terms of number of employees we've got you know, four staff members, including myself, um, working with us now um, since when we got on the road, and it's uh, it's it's been a blast, and we're we're looking forward to growing and continuing to do that. Wow, that is truly amazing! Like, wow, having a baby on the road—I mean, <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty intense for anybody, you know. <laughs> Especially if you have like a, when you have a pretty strong foundation, a home, an apartment, whatever. But trying to have it on the road—that's like wow. I can only imagine. Yeah, we, uh, we, we did the whole thing where we went to, uh, we stopped in Texas um, when we found out we were pregnant and we found a uh, birth center and midwife who would um, allow us to do every other appointment virtually. Um, and so we, we came in every other month for our monthly checkups. Um, and on the, the off months, we would travel. Um, so we would, you know, travel someplace and we would do our appointments over Skype and, um, I learned how to do like all the baby feeling stuff and, you know, find the heartbeat and everything for the midwife and do all those kind of things. So we could check on the baby's health and we'd come back the second month for the appointments. Um, and then the last uh, two months of the pregnancy, we stopped by the birth center, stayed there until we had the baby and then stayed for six weeks, I think, afterwards for recovery. Um, but yeah, so it's totally doable. If you want to have a baby while traveling, we managed it just fine. Holy cow. Wow. Having like, I would never thought that actually having the whole you know well while you're pregnant and you do the whole virtual assistant kind of thing and then having somebody else telling you hey this is what you should feel and blah 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 and if it feels good then it's okay if not then like wow that is truly blown away <laughs> wow first of all hats off to you second of all congratulations having a baby on that you know that's like yeah that's baby number four for us wow four feet wow i'm wow i'm truly blown away like wow so how does that like having four babies right and then running a virtual parent um obviously you have four babies so you have our virtual business 
and then relationship and all that stuff. And how, how does that personal life, how do you work balance life? I guess is what I'm getting at. Like, so work life balance is one of my favorite topics because I think a lot of people discuss it improperly. Right. right. Um, and so the, the metaphor that a lot of people have in their heads for work life balance is that, that, you know, that law scale, where they're like, they're trying to get their work and their life to balance out like this, right? And mm-hmm. once they finally reach an equilibrium, they've, they've achieved the, you know, the, the impossible work-life balance. And I think that metaphor suffers because that's not the way reality works. Right. The reality is when, um, and the, the, that work and life are something that you do together, right? They happen together a lot. And the metaphor I've always liked was the metaphor of a rubber band, right? So a rubber band... Um, is a useful metaphor for the way work-life balance works because, you know, a rubber band in its default state, it's just sitting there, doesn't do anything, right? right? But you can stretch it, right? And you can stretch it and you can stretch it and you can stretch it. You can actually stretch it really, really far. Um, and But there's a point beyond which if you continue to stretch it, it breaks, right? And if you stretch it too far, it'll break and it can't ever be repaired, right? And this is where you, if you are, you know, for, for the metaphor's purposes, working is the stretching of the rubber band, Right. And taking the time and the effort to put in and stretch the rubber band. If you, you can't actually damage yourself, cause yourself health problems. I've done that before. I tried to, uh, at one point in college, I thought maybe I could uh, um, get a, around biology and not sleep and work 24 hours a day. Um, you know, cause I had a full-time job and full-time school. I was trying to start run a, run a business and I was like, who needs sleep? Um, I made it about three days before I was puking in the, uh, um, uh, you know, on the side of the road and like almost dying. So you can't ignore biology. You have to actually take care of yourself as well. And so, so you can stretch the rubber band. And what's fun is when you stretch a rubber band, that's where you get forward motion, right? You can, you let go of one side of the rubber band, you get, a, you can rocket your business forward. So there's times in your life, times in your business, times in your health, times in your, your, your uh, relationships with your family, where you're going to put in a lot of effort, where you're going to stretch, you're going to do a lot of things, a lot of hard work. Like the last five days, my whole family was sick with the stomach flu. I haven't slept more than two hours in a row for, I don't know, for a week or so, because I have four kids who were throwing up and everything didn't go well. Um, so sometimes you put in a lot of stretching effort, but you have to let the rubber band contract and rest as well. Right. Right. And so what I like to, uh, to say for the whole work life balance thing is that sometimes you're putting a lot of effort, you're doing a lot of things, you know, maybe it's traveling. What, like what, what we'll do is uh, we'll travel really hard for a couple of days, you know, travel, you know, get from one place to another and then we'll stay for three or four weeks, sometimes six weeks. And then we'll, you know, so people like, they're like, Oh, you travel all the time. We don't actually travel all the time. What we do is we move. <laughs> we just, every, every three to six weeks, we just move our whole life to another location. And then we set up and live there for a little while, um, which I think is more apt um, for what actually happens. We just move our life to a new location every once in a while. And um, so the same thing goes with your business. Sometimes like at this point in time, I'm in the pu- process of pushing and growing, um, you know, a new service that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but I've had to put a lot of effort into developing the systems behind that and getting all everything sort of working the way that it should work and looking the way that it should look so we can actually go to market with that. So that takes a lot of extra energy and effort. But once that's all done, then it's just bringing on clients, figuring out some of the onboarding systems and it'll grow without a lot of stretching, right? If that makes sense. Um, And yeah, so that's sort of my my thinking on the whole work-life balance thing. Okay, cool. So let, let's just talk about the, the, this amazing service that you offer. Like how did you come up with an idea like, hey, let's build this platform where 
everyone else can use it because it will streamline their process. And this is related for all the podcasters out there who are busy podcasters. They're running businesses based on their podcast. And that's the service that Richard has created. So tell me about that. How did the idea came about it and what process or what, what was the journey going through it to creating and from an idea point of view, now you have an execution where some people can go and utilize this service. Yeah. So um, it actually starts with my podcast, right? Okay. So um, my, I have a podcast called the hero show and that was actually a really, um, it was a, what'd you call it? It was like a heart message for me, something that I really wanted to get out and share with the world. Um, so the hero show is based on this whole cultural sort of weirdness we have in particularly in Western civilization that, uh, that entrepreneurship is evil and entrepreneurs are evil and profit is evil, right? If you go and watch any cartoon ever, the bad guy is always some, you know, entrepreneur in a suit who's dumping oil in the ocean to kill the ducks, right? Like that's, that's pretty much how entrepreneurship is taught to children and taught culturally. It's always really bothered me. Um, and so the hero show is sort of my response to that, that, you know, we rightly call veterans and doctors and firefighters and police officers heroes, but we wrongly call entrepreneurs villains, right? Because literally everything in your life that you've touched or you interacted with today was at some point touched and handled by an entrepreneur or you wouldn't have it. Right. And so entrepreneurs, I think are also heroes. And so that show is about showing entrepreneurs themselves you know, showing them that they're, that they're heroes, right. And that they're heroes in this life. So that's what that podcast was about. And I had that idea um, in 2015 to get that show started. So I actually sat down and I got a couple of entrepreneur uh, friends and people together to actually get the first couple of episodes done. And I recorded the first eight episodes of that podcast. Um, and then I tried to do the rest of the work that goes into the podcast, right? After you hit the stop record button, you have to like edit the videos and edit the audios and you have to get the transcriptions done. You have to get all the stuff done to publish it. I managed to get three of the eight episodes I recorded published before I realized if I continued doing that, I was going to starve because I still needed to do work that was driving business, right? For me, right? I still needed to do the actual business development work. Um, and the podcast was just taking up so much of my time that even though I loved the message and I loved what I was doing, I couldn't dedicate the resources to it at that point in my business, right? I didn't have the extra um, time or money to put into driving all of that. Uh, the way that I wanted to be, right? To do it at a really high level and actually make an impact with that message. So it sat sort of on the vine and just sat there and did nothing for, was it four years, two or three years, something like that, all the way up till uh, beginning of last year, um, 2019. And when I decided I really needed to actually do something with that message if I was ever going to get it out. Um, and so I sat down and I hired my first, uh, employee. Um, his name's Mark. He's fantastic, by the way, if you ever get a chance to interact with him, um, and started actually documenting the processes that we needed to go through for editing each podcast for video, editing each podcast for audio, getting our commercials and intros and outros and stuff on all the podcasts. And then, you know, figuring out what needed to be written for, in terms of, you know, transcriptions and show notes and, you know, YouTube descriptions and Facebook descriptions and LinkedIn descriptions and Twitter and, you know, tags and all the things that need to be written for each episode and then figuring out all the graphics that need to get it done and turning them all into how can we get this done systematically each time um, and then making sure like, okay, where are our major publishing platforms? How can we get everything published to those pretty um, easily every time? And then not only do we have our publishing platforms, but you also have your announcement platforms, like which places do we want to make sure we announce each episode on? 
um, you know, whether that's, you know, your Facebook page, your Facebook groups, or your LinkedIn pages, or your SMS group, or your Facebook bot list, or your, uh, your um, email list, making sure each of those places is actually getting the episode announcements. And then also making sure that it happens every single time without fail. And primarily that I didn't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> because if I had to do it, it wasn't getting done. I already proved that for three years. Um, so we built all of those systems and processes. It cost me probably about $40,000 of development time in terms of building systems and processes for that. Um, and uh, there is a lot of uh, human effort that's involved in a lot of that because there's a lot of creativity. And at this point in time, you can't really replace creativity with robots. Um, so there's a lot of human creativity involved in each one of those steps, um, but there's a lot of stuff that can be automated. And we built a lot of those automations as well. Um, and so we did that for my show. And it was uh, about, what was it, October last year? Um, I had a group of my mastermind buddies together and they all sat down and I showed them what I had been doing with my podcast. And they were like, you're sitting on a gold mine here. And I was like, with what? And they were like, you should offer that as a service to other podcasters who have the same problem you have. And I was like, you're right, I should. <laughs> um, so, and that day was actually the birth of pushbuttonpodcasts.com. I actually bought the domain and set the website up while we were there at the mastermind group and have spent the last six months working on how we do customer onboarding and getting a couple of test clients. So we got our first couple of test clients and worked out a lot of the bugs and beat the hell out of our systems for um, having uh, other clients uh, work on it and see where our failure points were. And we found all those and squashed all those bugs and we're ready to go to market with it now and actually help other podcasters who are using their podcast to push a message and to as business development for, you know, driving leads to their main income generator. Right. So um, whether they're, you know, chiropractors or they're coaches or they're consultants, whatever it is they do, if they're using a podcast as a way to drive sales in their main business, um, Push Button Podcast is really designed to serve them. So they don't have to do all of the work for their podcast. They can just show up, do what they love, and we'll handle the rest. I can guarantee you, because obviously I'm a podcast as well, I can, there's a countless numbers of hours the post-production side after you record the button, after you record your podcast and you stop, there's a countless number of activities, number of hours that you need to develop. So that is definitely a great service for anybody who is a serious about uh, podcasting or who uses a podcast as, as a business tool to generate income, provide for their family and, you know, have vacation money if you want to call it that, but definitely is a great, great tool. And I am really curious, like, if, like, for example, if I want to go onto the podcast, pushbuttonpodcast.com, and then what services, or is this like a one package deal where I just sign up for it, that's that, or how does that process work, or how does that thing work? So we have uh, three services that we're looking at offering. We only have one ready to go right now. Um, okay. But the, uh, so there's the push button publishing which is the everything from you push the stop record button to your episodes are published and announced online. We'll handle all of that for you, right? So you literally just show up, record your episodes. We do everything else. Um, that's our main service. And right now it's application only. So you have to apply. You have to be a good fit for us. And we have to be a good fit for you um, because we're, we sort of have to grow slowly, if that makes sense. Because if I grow too fast, I'll blow up my business and I can't do that. I want to be able to serve you guys well. So we're doing application only on that. Um, but that service is ready to go. And we're taking our first couple of clients for that. And then we got two more services that we're working on that we're, I'm trying to figure out how to offer them um, and who they'll be interesting for. So one of them we're calling put, um, push button booking. And that is for podcasters like yourself and myself who do podcast guest bookings. 
right, when you have interviews, um, where our team would actually do find out from you who your ideal guests were and um, what they need to look like and how they need to do that. And we'll set up the entire research, reaching out and PR to get guests on your show for you. Um, so you don't have to do any of that. Um, and we would get them booked, get them showed up on your thing, get them in your calendar, get them on the thing, make sure that they show up for all of that. Um, and I actually do that for my podcast as well. Our team handles all that for me. So like I, for, for my podcast, I literally do nothing, right? I just show up, record when my guests show up there, but I don't do any of the guests reach out and I don't do any of the post-production stuff. So I show up when I have my episode recording times and I have times on my calendar when I, so I have, use my podcast recording times and every week I've got a guests and they're ready to go. We're booked out for eight months solid. Um, so my staff handles all of that and we're looking at turning that into a packaged service for people. I don't know if other people would be interested in or not. I certainly was. That's why I developed it. So anyways, we've got that one coming down the pipes and then a a third service we're calling a push button derivatives. I think, um, we might come up with a better name for that at some point, but the idea, I don't know if you've ever seen where you create a podcast, right? Then you have the derivative content that's created. So you have like the short little videos and the audiograms and the quotables and all the little pieces, bits and bobs that go into that. Um, we might call it push button promotion, but it's something where we'll take your episode after it's published and we'll create all the derivative content from it. Um, and then we will publish and distribute all of that and then put some advertising dollars behind all of that and start figuring out for you. We had a whole plan actually that walks through how you replace the derivative content every week in your ads so that you are actually putting money behind new content and the best content will rise to the top and that stuff will get better ad spend um, and actually drive new eyeballs to your show. So it would be a promotional service um, for podcasters who are really looking to grow. So that service is probably several months away, but it's uh, stuff we're working on in the future for push button podcasts. It definitely don't call it derivative because it sounds like a math logical problem yeah, or something. That's, that's, my, uh, that's just in my head. It's like, I know we're, what we're doing is we're creating derivative content. I'm like, it's probably not a great name for it, but like that's, you know, we're at that stage where we know like what we want to do. We'll just have to figure out whether or not we can turn it into a good I think service. like a marketing will push better marketing or push better promotion or yeah. in, I think there was something like that. That would definitely appeal to a lot of people as compared to derivative. Yeah. Like, like, is it a math problem I'm solving? Yeah, what? yeah it is. It is definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of math involved, actually. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> actually, yeah. So, so how does that, uh, in terms of your, obviously, you got the great service, which is a pushbuttonpodcast.com. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Anybody who is looking to stream on the process, they should definitely go check out, and that that would be on our own pushbuttonpodcast.com, and you can apply for it if you are a great fit for Richard's team and to work with it, definitely go do that. And uh, obviously, uh, can you share a little bit of who would be a perfect ideal client for that particular service? Yeah, so our, our perfect client is someone who, like the most perfect client has already recorded their first couple of episodes, maybe 10, 15, 20, 100 episodes, and they've been doing the work themselves and it's eating their life. Right. Okay. Maybe it's, you know, someone on their team that has, has would be better used doing their actual core service in their business or they're spending their own time, you know, running the podcast when they should be spending their time doing the thing that they're really great at. Right. Anyone who's running a podcast as a way to derive business to their main offerings, right? Whether that's local business or online services, whatever it is, if you're using a podcast as a way to drive business to your company. Um, it doesn't make sense for you to be putting all of the time and hours into running the podcast, right? You just need to show up and present your expertise, get it out to the market, create the audience, 
let us handle all the minutiae for you, right? Let us do all the hard work, right? And we, you know, I say on my website, right? You know, you do what you love, we do the rest, right? Because that's, that's uh, what we're looking to do. So the, those are the people who are, are the most perfect for us. Um, but, you know, if you haven't got your podcast started and you're looking to, that works as well. There's a few others that are sort of, you know, in that realm of, you know, if you're, you're looking, the people who are not a good fit, and this is probably the most important, if you're running a podcast as a podcast for itself, right? So like, if you think of the podcasters like uh, um, Steven Crowder or The Daily Wire, or some of the big ones that like, they are running a podcast as a business, right? So the podcast itself is designed to create advertising revenue and it's designed to create, um, you know, create listenership that way. Um, those people generally are served better by bringing all of these services in house and having people on their team that do that because their business is the podcast. Right? So if your business is the podcast, probably not a good fit, but if your business is something else and you're using a podcast to support it, that's our people. All right. Awesome. That that's definitely a great uh, majority of the people I can tell you who listen to it and like, Hey, I'm gonna use the podcast as a tool to drive business to my actual business. And mm-hmm. speaking of business, there's obviously so plenty of businesses that you have built. So what advice would you give to someone who is starting out to say, Hey, I'm just want I just started out and I want to create an online business. What advice would you give that person to speed up the process? So my first piece of advice is to know what you want to build, to know the monster you want to build. Okay. Right. And to realize that the monster you want to build is really up to you, right? So everything from like, if, if, if you want to be the kind of person who's going to build a big world changing company, like, you know, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates and build a huge technology company like that, it's going to look really, really different than someone who like me, who's looking to build a lifestyle business that supports my lifestyle and supports my family. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not looking to have a huge amount of employees or staff or overhead, right? Um, and the problem I think a lot of entrepreneurs run into is that people who are in different realms of like what types of business they're building will look at other businesses and be like, they're doing it wrong. Right. And that's just incorrect. The reality is, is you have to know what it is you're building and why you're building it. Um, and then be really, really cutthroat about whether or not your business is going to give you that. Right. And I can tell you since um, I've, I ran several businesses from when I was 19 all the way up till now I can't tell you how many times I've gotten halfway into building something and realized, oh, this is not going to allow me to have the location freedom I want eventually. So I'd shut it down and I'd go back to the drawing board, right? Or I'm not going to be able to, you know, I get into building a service and realize that like, nope, this one is going to require that I have a lot of my own personal expertise built into this. I'm never going to be able to scale past my own hours. So I'll stop, right? And so being really, really clear about what it is you want to get out of your business um, is really, really important for knowing what to build. Right now, so like on the other side of that, right, we have people like if you if you've read any of, you know, Steve Jobs bios, he was looking to change the world with technology. Right. So to him, it didn't matter what he had to give up or what he had to do in order to make that happen. Right. So, you know, working long hours, doing a lot of those things that they did, you know, change the world. Right. And that's a different type of business. And there's nothing wrong with that either. So my piece of advice is to know what you want to get out of your business and what you want to actually do with it. Um, and then give it everything. That, that truly is a great advice because I think most people, they always go after the money first. Hey, I want to make the quickest dollar fastest way possible. And then during that path or that journey, they get so frustrated. We're like, ah, I don't want this. 
And that's yeah. definitely not the way to go about so, doing it. <laughs> one of my favorite things, right? You hear the statistic all the time that what is it? One in 10 or what is it? Five in 10 businesses fail in the first three to five years, right? Whatever the statistic is, you know what it is. Everyone's heard it. Right. The reality is, is like those businesses, sure, the businesses failed, but you know what don't, who, who doesn't fail? The entrepreneur behind them, right? So if you look at my life, for instance, if you look at, you know, five in 10 businesses fail in the first 10 years, right? I could count up all the businesses that I've started and then stopped because they weren't going to do what I wanted and they would all go into that failure category. <laughs> but I didn't fail, right? I kept going, was doing other things, right? So a lot of people look at, you know, if my business, if I start a business and it doesn't do what I want, produce what I want or produce the revenue I want, that I'm the failure, that's not the way that works. The way that works is maybe you didn't have a good product for the market or maybe you didn't have, you know, you didn't hit a need well, right? Um, but the failure isn't you. The failure is with whatever the product or service you brought and the market didn't want it, right? So you can actually try again and try again and try again until you find something that fits because the way business works is that one win makes up for all the losses, right? And when you knock it out of the park with something, right? Like this push button podcast service, for me, if we hit our goals over this next year, it'll be a hundred times the income that we've done in the last 10 years. Right. So like the, you know, and I'll have a huge team and we'll have a whole bunch of things going on because it'll be a big win for us. That might not be the way it goes down, but if it does, um, it would be a really big service for us um, and for our business. And again, it makes up for any losses we've made in other places. And that's, you have to think about business that way that you're, you're going to bat again and go up to bat again. Right. Um, and one of these days, you practice enough, you'll hit it out of the park. That's a great way to look at it. And I'm so glad to hear from you. And I love the way you think and your mindset and all. And obviously, it took a while for you to develop that kind of mindset. Because one, one time, like, for example, when I first started, right, I started, let's say, a company X. And then I was going in, going in, going in, trying to build it. And then I stopped. And at that time, like, some people, like, I'm not good enough to do this. I don't know what I'm doing kind of thing, whatever. Right. And obviously yeah. when you get to that point, it's just that you have to keep going and some people just stop and just give up. So any advice on that part, like in terms of building your mindset that, Hey, I know I'm not making any progress. Or I feel like I'm not making any progress, but just don't stop and continue. What are some of the tips or strategy that has worked for you in the past to continue? So a couple of things is know when it's time to throw in the towel. Right. Um, and, you know, getting a job, right. Just overbroke, whatever it is. Like people talk about jobs, like they're the end of the world. They're not. Um, I, uh, in 2012, um, closed up shop on one of my businesses and was like, you know what I need to do? I need to go get a job. Right. Um, and it was, uh, I was very intentional about that. And I closed down my business on January or sorry, December 28th, 2012. And I was like, what I need to do is I need to go get a position, um, in this space so that I can really cut my teeth and learn on this industry and learn what I want to do um, and not have to worry about feeding my kids, right? I just, need to, I just need to not have to worry about feeding my kids. So over the next four weeks, I spent a lot of time and effort in putting all of my marketing skills into getting a job and I landed a six-figure C-level director of marketing position for a big multi-million dollar solar company. Um, and was, um, beat out 250 other applicants, got a six figure work from home salaried position. Um, and then over the next 15 months, 10 X that company's lead flow, helped them get out of a, uh, um, a bankruptcy at one point, um, and help them drive, uh, leads that led to $25 million in sales. And that for me, getting a job was what I needed to do, right? I needed to take myself out of 
being in charge of the business, being in charge of the other things. And I don't consider that a failure on my part in business. I considered it a good learning experience. And I got to tutor under some really, really bright business individuals like the president of that company and one of the, the board of directors who I got to learn a lot from. Um, and knowing when to throw in the towel and say, you know what, I need to make a different, you know, I need to do something different. I need, it's okay to get a job for a little while. Um, but try to, if you're, if you're pushing towards a goal, do the same thing, right? Where you're, even if in your work, push towards your goal. And I knew when I was done, when I got what I needed to out of that job, I gave them three months notice and said, Hey, I'll help find and train anyone that you need to replace me. So I can go back and get my business started now that I have what I needed in that case. I needed to get confidence and um, some things in my skills um, and then learn how to do some pricing better. Um, but I got all that from that job and then moved on and was able to take my consulting practice back up after that um, and really blow it out of the park from there. Right. So you can use every sort of experience that you have to grow yourself um, and make yourself a little bit better. Awesome. Awesome advice, man. Thank you. That definitely people will listen to it and they're like, Hey, I'm failing. I'm failing. Like rather than you failing, you just look at it as a learning experience and try to get yourself out of it. You know, obviously people who are listening to this, they, are, they have the family and the kids, uh, girlfriend, mm -hmm. boyfriend, whatever. And they're like, Hey, put them first and then take care of them first. And then, you know, once you have that, cushion then you move on to building a new business and yeah richard i just want to seriously thank you for taking the time for being on my podcast i truly appreciate it uh, i just want to give you the opportunity to say whatever you like to promote whatever you like to but right now the floor is all you anything you want to say any advice you would like to give please take your time yeah so if i was going to give you your audience any piece of advice ever um I, probably the, the thing that has gotten me through anything has been uh, two things. One, never give up, right? Just like tenaciously, never, ever, ever. doesn't matter what's going on. Just always push forward because there is literally no competition for someone who won't give up, right? And I tell people this all the time. I used to think as a young entrepreneur that anyone could do this gig, that anyone could do entrepreneurship. And what I've realized over the years is that was an incorrect way to think. It's not that anyone couldn't do this because anyone can. The reality is, is most people won't. Most people don't have the intestinal fortitude to keep going and, um, and when it's hard, right? When it hurts, when it's difficult to make the next thing, get up and do the next thing. Um, and I tell people now is like, you can't compete with me, right? Because I know I will work you under the table, right? <laughs> um, and if you have that attitude, you will win at whatever you do, right? You, because people won't compete with you. There's no one to compete with someone who won't give up, right? Um, so that's the first one. And then the second one is relationships, right? Invest in your relationships more than anything else in your business, right? doesn't matter what it is. No tools, no business cards, no logos, nothing. Services, your customers, nothing. The most important thing is the relationships you build um, all the way around the board, right? With your family, with the customers that you work with, with the people that you work with on, you know, on podcasts like this. Um, and I've always been the kind of person, and this is, is, it's been really interesting to see how this has worked out. I will give until I'm blue in the face, right? Anything you want, right? When I was my, my last business that I've been working on for a number of years is the expert brand building stuff. I would get on sales calls with people and literally give them everything, right? Here's everything we do. If you want my templates, you want everything that I have, you want my course strategies, you want my traffic strategies, everything that we've spent years and years developing, literally I'll just walk you through all of it and give it all to you, 
right? Um, and that was my sales strategy. And it's my sales strategy for everything is I'll show you everything we do and how we do all of it. And the reality is, is most people, they don't want to do that, right? They want to do what they do. And they're going to come back to you and be like, you know what? You've already shown me that you know so much more about this topic than I ever will, <laughs> that I would be happy to have you come in and show that to me. And the reality is, unless you're doing something like where that's ridiculously proprietary, where if someone else got like access to your secret formula or something like that, I don't even know what businesses are like that. Like, I don't know, Budweiser beers formula, that it would destroy their market share or something. Um, then don't be afraid to give everything to any of your relationships. Um, and that will come back to you. Awesome advice. That is Wow. Awesome advice. If you guys can, or listeners to this, just take that advice and run with it. You are definitely going to hundred X your business, your life, your relationship, and most importantly yourself. So once again, thank you so much, Richard, for being on my podcast and everybody who's listening, definitely go check out pushbuttonpodcast.com. And I will put that link in the show notes as well. And thank you for being here. I appreciate it. I'll Awesome. And just uh, FYI for anyone who's listening, make sure you let us know that you heard about this from Mark. Um, we do, uh, we pay, uh, we pay commissions for all that kind of stuff and they're recurring. So. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, definitely guys. As you say, you listen to Mark, Mark, Mark show and then he will definitely take care of you and then I'll get a little bit of commission. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. All right. Awesome. Uh,